like just staying in the game long enough that something lucky happens has been the theme of my entire career. Like where I've wanted to quit so many times, like people telling me the game is terrible, the market is hard, or I won't get funding. Just right at the point where I was about to quit, like maybe the month after, the day after something would happen. So it's like just going through so much pain and so much sadness, but just like keep pushing because like there is a point at which it will all be worth it. And it's been very common, like among a lot of my founder friends where they're like, right at the point I was going to quit, just the next day something happened. Hi, I am Sophie Vu, and this is the Rise and Play podcast. In the show, I sit down with influential thought leaders in the gaming industry to deconstruct how they create the best teams and company cultures in order to create the best games. Speaking to hundreds of game executives in the show, I have identified recurring patterns and mistakes that we all make in our leadership journey. Do you have to go through the same hurdles and make the same mistakes to learn too? You are not alone in this journey. And hopefully, you can learn from a diverse range of seasoned leaders who already walked the talk. Every episode brings actionable insights and case studies that will help you improve your management skills, self-awareness, and empathic communication. Becoming a better leader starts with becoming a better human. Are you ready to unlock your full potential in life and business? Let's begin. So welcome to a new episode of Rise and Play. And today I'm so excited to have a female CEO, a young one as well, to uh, introduce her company, Talofa Games, Jenny Sue. Hey, Jenny. Welcome. Nice to have you. Yeah. Thank you, Sophie. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so before we begin, I give a bit of background about uh, what you've done before starting the company and what is Talofa Games. You actually before you uh, build Talofa Games and even your first company, JC Soft Inc., as an independent game company making experimental horror comedy mobile games. Uh, and you were there as the lead game developer and main developer. You also shipped 10 titles on mobile app stores with over 9 million downloads. You also won the grand prize uh, winner at the Ni Niantic Bi Beyond Reality Contest in 2019. And right after uh, graduating from MIT studying computer science, you're a young CEO, but you've done so much. And also, like I said, build your first company before you co-founded Nautalofa Games as a CEO as well. And one of the co-founders, you worked at Google Network and EA. And before we get into Talofa Games, just to show a quick mention as well of what Talofa is focusing on, is bringing co-op fitness RPG to mobile and we will get more into that on how you're doing it. Yeah, I wanted to stop there and start maybe the first question. Where is Talofa coming from? What does that mean? It sounds really nice, but it's, it's very meaning behind. Thank you for the nice intro as well, Sophie. So <laughs> Talofa has two meanings. So the first of which it's a Simone word for hello or hi and to send my love to you. So it's a greeting and we really like that meaning. We're not Samoan, but the word just really ring true since we make very, I'd say, wholesome social games. So that greeting made a lot of sense to us and bringing people together. And the second meaning, which is a more fun one, in my opinion, is that there's a ship called the USS Talofa and there's a ship called the USS Niantic. And Niantic was one of the companies that really truly believed in us and really got us off the ground. So they were named after a ship, I believe. So we did the same thing and now we're 
both named after ships. I don't know, there's something really soft and mellow about the name. I don't know, it's, uh, that's why I was curious about the meaning of it, but uh, it resonated well with me. And now knowing the story, it resonates even more. Let's begin with uh, the start of uh, your company, Jenny. Before you um, founded Talofa Games, because you've worked in game, you also founded your first company. I guess it didn't continue. You could have gone to a full-time job and uh, be a developer and uh, keep growing, learning about games. But instead, you decided to go and build a second company. What was the thinking for you at that time, if you could remember? Yeah, I mean, for me, like I started making games at 12 years old. So it was kind of a all those games I made with JC Software, essentially a one woman studio. So mm. a lead game developer, main developer and only developer. <laughs> But it was very, very, very fun. And for me to see that and see the fact that the games were making money and help pay for college at the end of the day, like those like that put a thought into my brain that like these games I, re I was making were very small scope, like very hyper casual, kind of more fun, experimental titles. But what I really wanted to do and what I'd started to learn about was that there is actually a gaming industry <laughs> where when I was making all those games, it was just me behind a pseudo name on the internet. Nobody knew who I was, like it was a <laughs> secret identity. And I didn't know that there like real people behind the games that I played <laughs> growing up. So like learning more about like the humans behind the games, like made me wonder like, hey, I've done this before. Could I do it again? And could I do it like on my own terms? Um, so it was this belief that maybe since I'd done it like with myself and like all these weird little games, like maybe mm -hmm. there's actually like a career here where I thought that because I studied computer science in middle school, Like maybe that was the only like real career to take growing up. But then this thought that maybe gaming was something that I could do is the the real reason why I was like, maybe I should try doing this instead. And as the thought of like, okay, let's bring this further to build the company. What were the steps uh, you took at that time? Because you know that reality as well, starting a company Or either you bootstrap or um, you have upfront costs that you need to bring to even pay yourself, you know. And I understand as well that you have a co-founder. So how did those things start in order? Uh, did you get to uh, funds at the beginning? Were you accelerated in the program? Maybe mm -hmm. for others who have even thinking to start crazy idea, a new mobile company again these days. <laughs> yeah, so for us, like I really graduated with no plan. Like I actually did like a little failed startup stint right after college for about six months. So I did that and then that didn't work. So I, was, I missed the window for applying to full-time jobs. Oh. So that's why I was like, oh no, like I kind of failed the first thing so quick that I feel like it's not even usually something I mentioned, but mention it here because I tried to do something. I tried to start another company, but that didn't work out. And then this, so I was truly in a place where I had nothing and I had no confidence either in myself since I was like, mm. I tried it, didn't work. And I was very lucky because I did start to make some friends in the industry throughout college and going to GDC for the first time and really meeting people like my idols. I was like, wow, you worked at, uh, for example, like Niantic, there's somebody there, uh, Ninian Wang, 
who used to be their VP of engineering, VP of games, um, and did a lot of work there. But I met her at, through a variety of like Silicon Valley, like tech communities and ended up talking to her like when I was in this period of time where I had no full-time job, all my friends already accepted their offers. I was like, what do I do with my life? And she told me that there is this um, game designer I should talk to at Niantic and just talk to her about my game idea. So I talked to a woman named Laura Warner, who is like a lead game designer on Pokemon Go. And she told me, she's now like one of my best friends in games. And she told me that there's this contest that was going on. And I should try to take this idea that I was pitching her to the contest. And at that time, I was like, nothing was made. It was just an idea of like, what if I took this thing I love so much? Like, I did cross country in middle school, high school, and then got recruited to MIT to run cross country. And I always loved games. So I was like, oh, what if I just like made a social running game? So mm-hmm. there were like five days left in the contest to apply. Like they already extended it. So I would have missed the original window, but decided to apply to the contest with the game idea. Um, the amount of money we would have gotten from the contest was not enough to like be a real job, but it was an opportunity to make something that I cared about. So I applied to that and the requirement, and this is how I met my co-founder, was that you had to have a team of three and I was only submitting as myself. So I was like, who are <laughs> the two people I can add that would be the easiest to convince without even asking. So then I put down my dad and my brother, my my team, and then I submitted it without even asking them. I was like, if we get in, I'll let them know (laughs) that I submitted them. Uh, So then, yeah, we ended up, I guess, long story short, we ended up getting in, like me and my dad ended up working really well together because he, I met him at birth and he's been like a longtime supporter of my, even that JCSoft, he was like a advisor and a not in in any official way but he was a QA tester gave me a ton of feedback like just made all the games a lot better so I'd already started working with him there in an unofficial way and then we started working together and he's got an engineering background so that really helped as well and we ended up winning the contest and that gave us um three hundred thousand dollars I guess my brain was like 300,000, like time to start a company. (laughs) But it's really (laughs) these days, like that's like very small amount of money to kind of make something that uh, can last a while. But I thought might as well, like this is the start. I can like try and do something now. So that was like the very beginning for us. So you get the the fund and then decide to um, start officially the company. So who is in the end your co-founder? Is this still one of your family members? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, okay. still my dad. <laughs> yeah. Ah, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. Ah. So we decided that like just we worked super well together. Like That's he sweet. he never worked in games. He just loves business and loves startups in the tech side. So he comes from like 30 years of software engineering experience, zero gameplay experience. So he's not <laughs> a gamer at all. But I'm like I play games all my life, grew up with them, and I'm also technical, but not as much as he is. And what we say is that if we both think it's a good idea, it's a great idea because then it spans a generational divide. I thought that some other people might be better as co-founders, but the level of trust you have with a family member, and mm-hmm. especially your dad, I think is pretty high, at least for me. And like, you'll do anything for each other, and you will always have that 
connection and trust underlying it. Because I I just know so many startups that have failed because of co-founder relationships, including the Mm -hmm. one I did right before Talofa. So just Mm -hmm. not having that be a worry has been really nice. And uh, let's talk more about the games as well as you started. So we've been also in discussion before the podcast. And when you told me you had like most a thousand hours of training, <laughs> like that's crazy. As a certified trainer, it made a lot of sense, like all that knowledge and passion for fitness, the running, uh, you said so cross country uh, that you've been doing, put it into a game experience. So what was the yeah, foundation of your idea and uh, vision for the game? maybe the impact, the audience that you wanted to have in the space uh, with Talofa? Yeah, yeah. I and mean, the answer to this like comes down to another story with my dad as well, where he's actually somebody that we don't only share bloodline, but we also share mission. Like I, we both love running. So we run together, like our whole family has Friday runs. And also like he in the past has had depression. So he has made it his like entire life mission to like make people mentally healthier too. Mm. So seeing how much better he's gotten and how many lives he saved just through his own life, I think mm. makes me really want to like use Talofa as a way to help people mentally and physically because mental is super tied to physical health. Like people who run like are less depressed. People who exercise like just see great improvements in their happiness. So I think just seeing that maybe want to start a company just around that core idea. But then the idea for like what a game or something could actually look like really came from that love of like fitness and teaching fitness. And I yeah taught a thousand classes and just saw how much people loved getting healthier and just seeing that like, how can I like scale this? So just like thinking about those problems and I'm seeing like, oh, well, games are a way to make things fun and games are like addictive and they're easy to get into. They're accessible. So kind of going through that thought process, I was like, okay, like, what if we made such a fun game that people forgot about the fact that they're even working out, Mm. that they started playing because they just loved the game and they didn't think about the fact that it was getting them out and getting them to do things that they didn't think was physically possible like creating fitness routines in their lives that correlate to like gameplay routine. Um, so that's where like the idea for Run Legends came about. And it did start with that Niantic contest and kind of the seeds of like, what is a social mm-hmm. running game look like? And we worked with them for about like a year and a half on like prototyping different ideas. So even after the contest, we were funded for even longer to like prototype. Mm-hmm. So that's where we took all of those ideas, prototyped them, worked with some of their best designers product managers, business development people, and then kind of spun out officially in 2021 and like kind of started uh, thinking even from fresh, like, okay, like this problem's really hard and like we need to think more and more. So the whole idea took a very long time to like finally take shape. And then finally Run Legends was kind of like a year and a half project where we were like a co-op fitness RPG game that takes a lot of modern like Gen Z trends of squad-based gaming, like kind of more MOBA gaming uh, together merged with fitness. Like that could be just a very fun take on like a genre that doesn't have a lot of new stuff coming out all the time. Like fitness gaming is pretty small of a like number of apps that have come out. So just trying to take modern gaming and apply it to fitness and make a product that is so unique that people 
might give it a try and might find that it works better than what's already there. Like that was the hope with Run Legends. Mm. The only game I can think of that we could argue that it has brought a bit more fitness, but that has never been the int uh, intention was Pokemon Go, right? Where people had to go outside to, but that was not presented even branded this way, but that was as a result, you had to really walk a lot of distance. And this is where it was uh, very innovative as an experience. So I'm also very uh, eager and curious to see with your product development, you know, and your discovery with your audience, how, how to crack this, uh, because it's, it's, it's a problem to crack, to bring really uh, the benefits of uh, fitness in a digital experience, but what you learn digitally as well is contributing to the outside. So what, what are the, the further thoughts you have had about the product? And maybe as you've been already a year in, two years in, mm -hmm. uh, the findings, the things that really you feel confident about in the direction of bringing fitness in a social co-op um, experience and what are the obstacles that are really still hard to solve? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say like some of the first things that I thought about because I'm also the in a way like tar the target audience of a lot mm -hmm. of these fitness apps like I use Pokemon Go to run seven miles and play while I'm like on the road but mm -hmm. the biggest issue I always had was like and I think the common issue is that you have to look down at the screen and then you run into a pole or you run into ongoing traffic <laughs> also one other thing that I noticed about a lot of fitness apps not even games the people who were the best or the most fit in the games. So like the people who could run the longest or run the fastest. Mm. And it was very intimidating to go on to like a Strava, for example, which is where most people post their runs and be a beginner because all my beginner friends would hide their activities because they're just ashamed or they are embarrassed because they are just starting out and it kind of celebrates the fastest people. So one thing we were thinking was like gaming is a very accessibility has become more and more important in games so can we like just for starters like work on those things like safety and accessibility so a game that made people equal no matter how fast they were and a game that you could play without looking down at your screen especially if you're going out on a run so we made a very audio first you don't have to look at your screen at all it's all mm -hmm. coming through interactive audio experience that you could calibrate to whatever speed you're at. So you can play at a seven minute mile or you can play at a 30 minute mile walking and you do the exact same thing in battle. So there's no reason to go faster except unless you want to push yourself. So no reward for going any faster. Mm -hmm. uh, we reward consistency. So I think that's something important that we strongly believe in is like reward the consistency over the skill when it comes to fitness and make people feel like they are winning no matter what, because you don't want to like bust your butt and like you do a 10 minute walk. That's like a win for somebody. And then you see this big, like you lose <laughs> and people feel even worse about themselves and they feel worse about their fitness routines and perhaps stop because one of the biggest obstacles you still face is just the fact that people might be really interested in getting better at fitness or improve their health. Everyone, I think, will say, I want to be healthier. But when it comes down to it, they will download the game and not open it. And that's because they aren't ready or they, when it comes down to like actually starting to go outside and doing the steps, like people often need more motivation to do that than they even think themselves. 
So like we've had to figure out like how do we get somebody from like download to opening the game? So not only opening the game, but also going outside and mm. like going on a walk. Like that step is the hardest one we've had to <laughs> to solve. And I don't think we've done it perfectly yet, but we've definitely improved it a lot since the game has come come out just from like giving them more tips to like giving them push notifications to just making it really exciting to go on that first, even just four minute uh, exercise. Like our first tutorial mission, it used to be 15 minutes long and we found mm. a lot of people just dropped in the middle and then they wouldn't come back. Now it's four minutes and it's a lot more exciting. Like you're dropped in the middle of the action, like you're here to save the day. And then you like do one like fast kind of walk or sprint and then you get the hang of the game mechanic and then you're dropped into the game without needing to wait 15 minutes. So like just things like getting them to the fun faster, especially when it comes to fitness, lowering the amount of barrier to entry, just seeing that that stuff works has been really good. But people's motivation when it comes to fitness is definitely the hardest part. And like solving for that in terms of retention and also mobile game retention is just hard as it is. So combining the two is like solving mm. two very hard problems together. I have, uh, as we are like spending some time on the product, as you're addressing the Gen Z audience, what is it about the Gen Z audience that you would say specifically that you understand and know better if compared to other audience, like I think of millennials, I'm not saying I'm an expert in millennial yeah. audience, but we definitely have different behaviors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing that I think is very interesting when it comes to fitness habits is that millennials I found are to be a little bit more in terms of apps used it's like quite different where like even like a peloton or a tonal these things that are have been fitness trends they have been strongly leaning like millennial or older and even female where only two percent of people who use peloton are gen z But it's like it was such a big thing during COVID, but only 2% of them were mm. actually Gen Z. So it was like, where is everyone going then if they're <laughs> not on Peloton? Because I thought it felt like the whole world was on that for a certain period of time. And um, what I learned was that a lot of those people were actually on Instagram, TikTok, like very influencer based. And they really trusted those influencers versus millennials really trusting coaches, training plans, like really scientifically backed research mm. and doing that research on their own, but really the rise of the creator economy and people really trusting the creators, even if they have no credentials, just because they like their personalities. So I think that shift like made it so that more things like even just like games could come in. And like if they're they've got a big social media presence, then people will trust them or watch them on TikTok and then come and play their games. So I think that shift made it so that like more Gen Zers are actually using digital health apps or online forms of exercise instead of going to things like gyms or taking classes or having personal coaches. They have less money to spend as well on like mm -hmm. hardware that costs like thousands of dollars, like a Peloton. So they're using things that are cheaper, like free mobile apps or free or very cheap subscriptions. So that shift made it more obvious to me that the future is going to be in gaming for fitness. So also Gen Z's just like play more games in general, like 87% of Gen Z's play games. And they're like number one or number two priority is health and like losing weight or like working on their mental health. So kind of their priorities plus their gaming patterns just made it 
very obvious to me that like something needs to at least feel gamified, even if it's not presented as a game and have like those little rushes of dopamine that you get that's Mm. similar to social media. Um, And then I think that the type of art style and the way our game looks is also more tailored towards Gen Z where uh, I think Gen Z apps like Peloton or millennial apps like Peloton often showcase like very fit people like with like strong abs, like chiseled bodies. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, it's aspirational. But for Gen Z, a lot of what I see is more relational. It's like, can you see yourself in this character? Can you mm. uh, create your own character? Like, is this more approachable? So that's, those are some of the insights that we've, we've claimed at least in the difference. Some question more about uh, your team and your role. So you are the CEO, which means, uh, Everything and nothing, as uh, I learned over time. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, somebody who's responsible for the future of a company. Uh, but what in that phase of a company? So you've uh, had, so maybe let's take a step back in uh, the fundraising journey you've had. So you were funded uh, with a kickstart with Niantic. And in between, did you raise other funds? Or recently, did you grow a team as you worked uh, further on the product? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So we actually had our first official pre-seed round in 2021. So it actually came at a time where we were like months away from running out of money. Mm. We had a large team. We had worked with Niantic for so long, built up like a very strong team that had built up a lot of the prototypes together. And after kind of running out of Niantic money since all their money was, um, I it was all non-equity. So mm-hmm. for us, like we had kept the company like 100% at that time. So the thought of taking VC money was actually more out of desperation. So kind of learned on the fly, like how to pitch, like we hadn't done like an accelerator, like YC working with Niantic was way closer to getting game development experience than it was getting experience pitching or Uh, working on an actual deck. So really tapped a lot of my friends and I was like, hey, you're a VC, can I pitch you? So <laughs> I think I pitched around like 40 people for that first round and everyone was very nice, but everyone said no pretty much. I wanted to raise a $2 million round and I ended up getting just one person who um, ended up saying yes. And that one person was like, oh, I'm in like for 600K. But Uh, yeah, get the rest of the two million. And then I went back to them very shamefully and I was like, you are the only one that's in and we only have 600K. <laughs> and luckily, like they said, I'm still in. Like, I believe in mm. you, like love your vision, love your background. We had no product to show at the time too. So they truly just believed in me. So I think having that, that was really the start, like 2021 and having 600K, which was about six months of runway for us at the time so it's like mm-hmm. not a lot of time but it was enough time like we i think including all the niantic money we had left it was like a year so mm-hmm. we had a year to really prove that we could do something and raise more after that point and so with our funding then uh that proceed as you build further the product build the team curious about uh how you found your role you have a title of CEOs, but I'm sure mm-hmm. that you're not just doing CEO work because you can also develop. So what are you doing these days in the company uh, as a CEO and maybe other things? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think I actually saw my role as CEO very differently when I started because 
I saw it as me giving up things that I used to do to people who did it a lot better since mm. I started the company as essentially doing everything. And then I hired people who are better and then gave them that role. So I quickly, first hire we ever made was a software engineer, so mm -hmm. Unity engineer. And I was terrible at Unity, but I was coding everything. So he really helped take over the whole project and fix all of that. So I was like, oh, wow. Like, Because I, th I thought for a while, very naively, that being a one-woman studio or just me and my dad was good enough. <laughs> like we only need the two of us to make games. Like why are there teams with 40 people or 100 people? Like I could do it all myself. But I think I learned very quickly, like that was pretty naive and arrogant because kind of the moment I started bringing people on board and they're so much better, I realized more of my role as CEO is not just to like give up responsibilities to others, but actually to start being a vision holder. And like, mm -hmm. I think I was just a very good IC for a very long time, like I was just doing work as if I was an employee of my mm -hmm. own company. And I hired developers from places like Jam City or Disney and people who are truly experienced. And I actually think to my own fault, I trusted them to run the company. I was like, oh, I hired you. <laughs> You're a decade older than me, or in some cases, two decades older than me. So I actually didn't really take on the CEO role until I'd say very recently, like maybe a year in where the first year we were run like a democracy where I was like, mm -hmm. my role is just to pay you all. You're just <laughs> going to help me like figure out where this thing is going. <laughs> so that was not very good because then like people look to me for decision making and I would defer to them again. Mm -hmm. And now I definitely, I think a theme throughout my company's history has been reclaiming my authority and finding my own voice as a leader because I just had so many doubts about my own ability to lead a team that was all older than me and that that was mm. not present in the beginning of my company. And now I do things like I set the vision a lot more clearly, do things like all hands. I didn't even do all hands for the first year or so of the company where I present the vision, represent the vision, talk about what the roadmap's going to look like and make key decision points clear and our finances clear, like what's our runway so just those types of things I spent a lot more time on and even just thinking long term, like how are we going to get ourselves to the point where like we're not just making one game, but like multiple games and how do we get the name out like Tolofo, like how do we exist as like a, a company doing things in this gaming industry and kind of have ourselves known as like if you want to talk about fitness and games like Tolofo is like doing good work and maybe... Uh, you should talk to Jenny. So things like that, even just like getting the name out there and getting your games out there, being the company's biggest hype person are also some of my responsibilities. And of course, mm. the team management, the hiring, the fundraising, like those have become more and more important as the company's gotten to like later stages of funding and, and needing to keep investors in the loop. So I'm impressed by the... A level of reflection you've had just in a year with uh, learning the hard way and even reflecting on owning, you know, maybe the past beliefs. You, you use the word naive. So much maturity in what you shared. I just wanted to acknowledge that. I'm curious, how have you been helped to reflect on those things as your journey as becoming the CEO from, you know, I'm not here to, I'm taking space and I'll take responsibility 
did you learn it by yourself by iteration or did you have someone to help you mentor you or even coach you yes yes so I definitely attribute a lot of it to my mentors and from people like Ninian Talora from Niantic who I've kept in touch with even just mm. years after working with them to people like uh, Sam from Butterscotch who I met at Dice and like every month he'd sit with me and be like hey what what issues are you facing and like your process your management and like let's go through it and like let mm. me help you solve your problems because I've just done this before so I think just people like that who are willing to give me their time their energy and do it all really for for me when I was a nobody <laughs> and just like this random child in the industry who had never done any of this and had a lot of false beliefs or assumptions about how teams worked like that helped a lot because I would run through decisions I made and they're like that's dumb <laughs> or like why would you do that or uh, no like I made that mistake before so really giving shortcuts through their leadership and like talking to people who are like maybe a couple steps ahead of me is really helpful and I think recently I've been doing more formal things like coaching having formal advisors, having investors now who check in on a monthly basis. But when I first started, a lot of it was like friends, like relying mm -hmm. on people who are just willing to donate their time. And yeah, even coaches now. So therapists, coaches, I have like a whole mental health team. <laughs> Seems like <laughs> a life coach, a therapist, a coach. Uh, that helps a ton. And then I'd say the biggest learning that even made me want to get like coaches and therapists was just people leaving the team. Like I think that was probably mm. the biggest kick in the butt to be like, maybe I'm doing something wrong here. Just with, I think the first, each person that's left has left for a very good reason, as in like I would not tell them to stay. And like a couple of them like had better job opportunities or just things out of my control. And mm. one was like, oh, I'm just really stressed. I don't want to be at a startup. So none were things where I was like, I was a terrible person, but maybe I could have done something to like make them thrive here that I didn't do. Like maybe there's a blind spot. So each person that's left has given me space to reflect and not like beat myself over it, but just think about things that maybe, maybe moments where this person wasn't super happy or think about things that I could have done to like help with their career growth that I didn't think about. Um, so I think that's like private. It's like whenever you go through a breakup, you think a lot about yourself and try to make yourself better With a company, it's like dealing with so many breakups and turnover. And luckily, we haven't had too much turnover even in just the last mm -hmm. year. But like in the beginning, like there's quite a bit with like just things changing, funding changing, all of that. So, And let me get to maybe some last points uh, of reflection because we've been spending some time in the past, mm -hmm. in the start of a company and where you are today. So what are your current challenges, the things that you are focusing on next? And um, let's dream a bit, you know, what do you see? Would you like to love to see for 2024 with, you know, what you have today? Yeah, yeah. I'd say just challenges for us. Like I'd say we, we just closed the seed round, which we're very excited to announce at some point soon. But just having the like taking the company to the next level, like doing a price round for the first time, like really truly bringing people on board. I think just doing board meetings, all of that like growth that's happening, I feel like in just the last few weeks, like have been very challenging because it's 
like kind of scary to go like people now caring even more and being more invested mm. and just needing to now hire and kind of not having hired for a while. Like we're still seven full time. So we've been seven full time since the Niantic days, really. And it's been bringing a new person onto the team. I just feel like I've had to be very careful because each person needs to be like both a cultural fit, skill fit, and also be a fit for a startup environment. Those are some of the challenges. And then say also the exciting pieces of like being able to think about like, well, we launched this game, like, can we start building some other stuff too? So we're not just like a one hit wonder, or one hit mm. studio. So really being able to replicate and scale and show that we can actually build a VC scalable business is a very existential and also exciting challenge. And I think that for 2024, for me, like I have always had the dream of kind of being on the subway or being on the bus and looking over and seeing someone playing a game I've made. And I think that would be awesome for 2024 if we make mm -hmm. either run legends into a game that is a household name or a TikTok sensation <laughs> to something <laughs> that, yeah, I'll be on in the streets of SF and see people running and look at their screen. And it's a, a game I've made or that our team has made. So that's definitely the, the aspirational dream. Mm. It's been very inspiring, uh, sweet as well. I'm learning also more about uh, Gen Z for the conversation. And I wish uh, for you to uh, fulfill your dream, your vision for 2024. Uh, thanks a lot for the conversation today. Is there something I didn't ask that I shouldn't have asked you through all our conversation today that you wanted to share? Oh, this has been awesome. I, the only thing I'd say is that I definitely think that the, the thing I would give as the only advice is that things are like just staying in the game long enough that something lucky happens has been the theme of my entire career, like where I've wanted to quit so many times, like people telling me the, the game is terrible, the market is hard, or I won't mm. get funding just, but right at the point where I was about to quit, like maybe the month after the day after something would happen. So it's like just going through so much pain and so much sadness, but just like keep pushing because like there is a point at which it will all be worth it. And it's been very common, like among a lot of my founder friends with you're like, right at the point I was going to quit, just the next day something happened. So it's like just staying long enough and like pushing hard enough. Maybe it doesn't pay off, but I've heard a lot of stories of like right at the point at which we were going to give up, we didn't. And now we're here six years later. Or now we're sold to someone else. So yeah, that'd be mm. the last thing. Thanks a lot, Jenny. It was awesome. I'd love to see you in person somewhere because after all yeah. you shared, it's like I want to, you know, give you a good hug. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks a lot for sharing your journey in a very candid way, personal. That's all I could have asked for today. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of the Rise and Play podcast. I am growing a community of conscious leaders across the industry and beyond. If you want to join this movement, Please share the podcast with other conscious leaders because we have so much more we can learn from each other. If you've enjoyed this episode, please follow and rate the show on Spotify or your other favorite podcast platform. It will help other growing leaders to discover the show and benefit from the valuable insights. If you would like to grow rapidly your leadership skills, you can find more insights on riseandplay.io where you will also find my free masterclass on conscious leadership and other resources that I offer. Have a great week and remember to take care of yourself. Until the next time, 